Hi, I'm Francine and you're listening to the Pixie Dust Fan Podcast, a podcast where our first topic of conversation will always be Disney. I've been a Disney fan for as long as I can remember and I'm determined to bring more of that Disney magic into my everyday life. So if you need a little extra pixie dust in your day, you've come to the right place. Thanks so much for listening and let's get started. Welcome everyone to another episode of the Pixie Dust Fan Podcast. I am so excited today. I have my friend Aiden here with me. Hey Aiden. Oh, hello Francine. Hello. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm really excited to have you on the podcast. We've talked about this for, for quite a while now, so I'm excited you're here. Oh, thank you. I'm, I'm really excited too. I've, I've been waiting for this moment since the, the first episode of your podcast that I was listening, hoping someday you'd ask me to come on. <laughs> We've talked about it because we have so many great conversations about stuff, obviously, about Walt Disney World. So before we get started, why don't you just tell people a little bit about who you are and where they can find you online? Okay. Well, uh, my name is Aiden and I'm a vacation planner with Pure Magic Vacations. I'm based out of Toronto. Uh, you can find me mostly on Facebook at Aiden at Pure Magic Vacations. Uh, so Aiden is spelled A-Y-D-I-N. So it's a little bit of an unusual spelling, but it does make me a little bit easier to find. Uh, so yeah, so you can find me Aiden at Pure Magic Vacations on Facebook. I'm at uh, also on, on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, I don't use those nearly as much. You can also check out my website, Aiden at PureMagicVacations.ca. Awesome. Now, we you actually wrote a blog for me uh, not so long ago about the top five date night places at Walt Disney World, and it was so much fun. Yeah, I had a lot of fun writing it. You know, my, my wife and I, we, we don't have kids, so for us, every night at Disney World is like a date night. So uh, I, I love talking about it, and I love having uh, clients that are going for adults-only trips, or maybe they're going with their families, and uh, the, the grandparents are coming, and so they'll leave the kids with the grandparents for a night and have a date night. It's one of my favorite things to plan. Oh, and this is sort of like, that's the perfect segue, because it really is how we got on this topic of, that we're going to be talking about today, which is what do you do when you're bringing someone who maybe isn't like us? So I first started this list in the back of my head uh, a few years ago when my sister's family was going to be joining us on a trip. And we knew that my brother-in-law, he's not a Disney person and he wasn't really looking forward to coming. It's, it's not the most inexpensive of trips, but he was being a really good sport. So we wanted to make sure that we had a few places in the back of our mind that we can either send him to or bring him to uh, as a way of rewarding him for, for being such a good sport and coming along with us. <laughs> and you know that's a good point like even there are plenty of people that are taking family with them on these trips and they're just they're not into it and and you, and know, you can't blame them right exactly and and our vacation time is so precious most of us only have two weeks paid vacation if that so it's so kind of the people in our lives that aren't into disney to actually indulge us and to come along with us hopefully they'll come along with an open mind so you know maybe we can convert them but even if we can't <laughs> it's good to give them a little bit something to make it their trip as well absolutely so this is born out of your own family's necessity to make sure everybody's happy that's right. And we are going again with my sister's family in just over a week. So uh, hopefully she hears this and she'll have some ideas as to where to send her husband if he's acting a little bit grouchy. 
<laughs> That's awesome. Okay, so why don't we start with the first on on your list, Aiden? You okay. have five five things or places that you would send someone who's I do, yes. Five places I would send or bring someone if you want to go along. Uh someone who's being a little bit grouchy. Uh so the first one came to my mind right away is my favorite restaurant at Walt Disney World. It's Beer Garten at Epcot's Germany Pavilion. And I love this restaurant because first of all, the food is great. Uh, I know not everyone is a big buffet person. I happen to enjoy buffets. My wife generally does not enjoy buffets, but she loves this restaurant because uh, the food itself is really good. You know, you'd never necessarily think of going to a German buffet as your restaurant of choice, but every time we've gone, we've really enjoyed it. We really like the fact that there's a huge portion of the buffet that is just salads. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, when you're there at Walt Disney World for a whole week, you're eating a lot of fatty foods, you know, maybe fried seafood and, and ice cream sundaes and things like that. So it's nice to have one restaurant you can go to where there's just a whole bunch of different salads to start with. So it's surprisingly light, even though it's the buffet. But the reason why I really enjoy this for someone who might be a little bit grouchy is you go in and you don't feel like you're in Walt Disney World anymore. You feel like you're in a little village near Munich at dusk, right around Oktoberfest. And they seat you at a long table and you get to meet some new people who you're seated with and everyone's in a really good mood and they bring you these huge beers. They're about a liter large uh, and they have a nice <laughs> selection of German beers and they're about the size of your head. Yes. And, and they, the band that plays, they're just so entertaining. They're not only uh, musically gifted, but they're also very funny. And it's just a great show. You know, they have a dance floor down there in front of the band that the kids will dance at. And it's really cute. And uh, the band leads all the, uh, the guests on in chants and songs and sings happy birthday to people. So it's just a really fun place to send someone who maybe isn't into the whole Disney thing. I, uh, I was planning a vacation for a multi-generation family last year where we had this sort of issue. You know, we had uh, mom, dad, four kids and the grandparents and, you know, dad and grandpa were not that excited for the trip. So this is something that we planned for them where uh, mom and grandma and the two kids went to the princess lunch at Norway. And then we had dad and grandpa go to beer garden instead. And they had such a great time. And uh, when, when they came back from the trip, that was the number one thing that they raved about. Dad and grandpa really wanted to thank me for just giving them some time to themselves away from that whole kind of Disney overload for about an hour or so. Right. And you know, it's funny, it's such a great place to eat and it's often overlooked that well, A, you could walk right by it and not even notice that it's back there. For sure. And you're totally right about it being overlooked. I'm pretty sure that friend of the show, Carrie herself, once told me that she's never dined at Beer Garden, which is so funny because for us, it's my wife and I, it's literally the one restaurant that we have never missed since we started really? going to Walt Disney World together. Every single time we've gone. And I'll be honest with you, we're, we're pretty big foodies. And so I know it's not the best food on property. I know that, you know, you can go to California Grill or Flying Fish or one of many other restaurants that have a much nicer meal. But as far as a dining experience, this is one to go to. When we went with my sister's family, we spent a whole week going to some great restaurants. And the very last meal we had together was lunch at Beer Garden. And at the end of the meal, she said, you know what? This was the best meal of the trip. So I think it's just one of those things where the overall experience makes it really fun for everyone. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It's the that whole dining experience. It really comes together there. If I had to sort of counter it with a, a dining experience as well that I would consider as perfect for people that maybe aren't sort of into the whole Disney uh, thing, I would say paddlefish at Disney Springs. 
for us, I think, so we have a couple friends that, you know, they don't have any kids. They travel with us often, but they're, they're not real Disney people. And we spent an afternoon at Paddlefish and I'm not a big seafood person, but oh my gosh, the food there, we, we just went in and the four of us decided to order uh, just all of the appetizers. So every appetizer on the menu, and then we all just shared and it was such a lovely afternoon. I'm so glad that you picked Paddlefish because I have a real big place in my heart for Paddlefish. First of all, <laughs> it's another one of those places that we always go to. Um, my wife and I are really big seafood fans. But my first memory of Paddlefish goes back to when it was Fulton's Crab House, I believe. Oh, yes. And so when I was 18, uh, my dad and I went on our one and only trip together to Walt Disney World. And it was the first time where it was like, you know, he said, hey, if you want to do table service signing, we can do table service signing. You know, he bought me one of those burn bombs guides. Oh, yeah. I called the number. I called the 407 WDW Dine and I made all of our dining reservations. And so we finally got to eat at all the restaurants that I always wanted to. And one of them was this restaurant. And we went and we had one of those meals where it's like, I think I had ordered the the snow crab claws and he had ordered some other sort of crab and the plates came and like our jaws just dropped and we started like taking out our cameras and this is before you know camera phones and stuff yeah we had, like old school you know wind it yourself cameras and we're like we're putting the crab claws next to our heads to like show how big they are and we're like smiling next to it and it was such an amazing meal that literally for years after that it would just come up out of nowhere he'd be like hey Aiden remember that time we went to that crab restaurant I'm like yes of course I remember how could I forget uh, so yeah, now my wife and I, we absolutely love paddlefish. We go in every time we're having a Disney Springs day. We usually don't have a full meal. Instead, it'll be kind of our in-between meal snack. We'll go into paddlefish and we'll get a couple of appetizers. We'll sit in the bar area. We'll get some drinks. And then there's a little uh, display case of seafood just as you're entering the bar area. And I always make sure to get a picture taken there every single time that we go because it's one of those things that I have a feeling is always going to be there. Yeah. So I find that that's a fun tradition to pick one or two places at Walt Disney World. Every single time you go, get your picture taken and see how you change over the years. So definitely, even if we don't stop to eat paddlefish, is a must do for us. For sure. And that's such a good point too. So many people do that, especially as the kids are growing up, but adults can do it too, where you pick a place where you're going to take your picture every time you visit and you can see your changes personally over, over the years. I love seeing the ones where the kids are growing up and you see them just little and then they recreate the photos as adults. It's so much fun. We have to now go on to the second one for you because there are people that aren't all over the moon and gussy about, you know, Walt Disney World like we are. So what would your second thing be? So my second one, I'm not sure, but this one might also be on your list. It's in Disney Springs uh -huh. and it's uh, Jock Lindsay's Hangar Bar. I knew you were going to say that. One. <laughs> I really love we it. Both this is love this. <laughs> this has become such a tradition for us on our arrival day. We'll go to Disney Springs and the first thing we'll do is we'll get a, a drink at Jock Lindsay's. And for anyone who doesn't know about Jock Lindsay's, uh, it's based on a pretty minor character in the Indiana Jones movies. You might remember him from the very first movie, Raiders of the Lost Ark, when Indy uh, grabs the idol and he escapes and finally he gets to where the seaplane is and there's his friend, the pilot, and that's Jock Lindsay. You know, the plane takes off and his pet snake is in the uh, the seat. And of course we know how Indy feels about snakes. Uh, <laughs> so he, he only shows up like very briefly, but they've made this amazing lounge 
out of his character. And it's so cool when you walk around to all these little touches. Things like you'll look up at the ceiling fans and they're not just ceiling fans, they're like propellers and planes and there are like fan belts going around it and the fan belts are attached like an old timey engine. Like I love all those little touches at Jock Lindsay's. Yes, absolutely. And I think it is one of those places too that if you don't know the history or you don't know why they created it, you would go in there and think, oh, this is kind of cool. They have all these different things, but you would, you, it's not right in your face. Like you wouldn't get the reference to Indiana Jones. Like how would you ever connect the two? Exactly. And that's one of the things I love about it, especially when we're talking about this list about taking the grouch who's not necessarily into Disney stuff. There's a good chance they might be into Indiana Jones stuff. You know, oftentimes when I'm talking to families who have that person, they'll mention, hey, there's an Indiana Jones lounge and they get very excited because for a lot of them, you know, they were kids when these movies were coming out. And so this is something that they get really nostalgic about. They look forward to, but it also has a real sort of adult feel to it. You know, they're fancy sort of almost tiki drinks. Yeah. A lot of the I find a lot of the they're, they're small items on the menu, mostly appetizers, but they seem to more kind of appeal to an adult palate. Yes. Oh, the sliders are so good. And the, the, uh, the pretzels that come <laughs> oh. on a little plane are so cute. And the falafels really good. And the, the chicken wings. We tried pretty much everything on the menu. We tried a lot of the drinks as well. The drinks can get pricey. Keep in mind that when you see the price on the menu, it usually includes the souvenir glass that you take with you. But if mm. you want to save a few dollars, you don't have to buy that souvenir glass. I think it's like 5 or $6 cheaper for each drink if you don't keep the souvenir glass. But they are very cool glasses. And have you noticed the Star Wars reference inside? No, what is it? There's a small, I think it's R2-D2. And it's just, it's like stamped into the wall. I'll have to dig up a picture and see if I can find it. Oh, but there was great. a very small Star Wars reference in in there. It's you could You could literally sit in there for hours just looking at the details. Wow, that's, that's really neat. Yeah, it's so much fun. Second one on my list would be probably the ESPN Sports Bar. At one. the boardwalk, yes. <laughs> you know, and we'd been in there a few times just, you know, because we were staying at the boardwalk and needed something quick to eat. And usually you can get a walk in there. Mm -hmm. uh, but the last time, not the last time, but earlier this year, I was there when the Raptors were in the basketball playoffs. Yep. And I'm seeing the playoffs. I don't know what it is because I don't watch basketball. But no, my you got sister, it. <laughs> my sister's a huge basketball fan. Yeah. And of course, it was like the winning game. And, you know, so the Toronto team was in. So we went there to watch the game. And wow. I didn't know what was going on. But I was thrilled to be there. Yeah. Um, the atmosphere was so good. But the food was so good, too. And, they're, you know, they have tons of TVs in there for the sports fan to watch all kinds of sports. I mean, that night, they primarily just had the basketball game on. But other times that I've been in there, they, they've got all kinds of sports on. Every different monitor, there's, there's something different going on that you really, you wouldn't realize that you're inside of Walt Disney World when you're sitting in that bar. For sure. And, and I, I like that, too, that there are so many TVs, because that usually means that if you want to watch something that isn't necessarily number, you know, one through five on the list for that night, they'll find you a quiet corner where, you know, they'll change the channel for you so you can watch it. That happened to us one year. Uh, we were there and there was a Toronto Maple Leafs game on. And so we didn't have any plans in the park that night. So we said, hey, why, why not just go watch the third period at ESPN Zone, see what it's like. And, you know, they were very nice about it. They said, yeah, here, let's let's bring over the corner. They changed the channel for us. I guess there was some big college basketball game or something on that night. And, you know, just when there was like 
30 seconds left in the game and uh, the Leafs were up by one goal, all of a sudden our TV changed and we're like, oh no, you know, oh, and no. so we had to call over the waiter and he <laughs> changed it back. And so we did miss the ending, but you know, good news, the Leafs won. Uh, but yeah, it was very fun. And you know what? I think the boardwalk in general is a great place to bring that person who's not into the whole Disney thing. I feel like there's so much for that sort of person to do. Yes. You know, there's the, I know that you recently went to the Abracadabra. <laughs> you know that because I was texting you saying, okay, Aiden, you like this place. What am I drinking? <laughs> yeah. So there's that. But then there's also the Big River Grill and Brewing Works. And so that's yes. one of those where it's like, you know, if you're more of like a sipping whiskey drink sort of thing, then you go to Abracadabra. But if you just want to have like craft beers that are brewed in-house, then you can go there instead. And then the ESPN zone, I feel, really fills that other demographic of the person who, you know, maybe they're really excited to watch a game while they're there. Or if you want to see live music, you could go into Jelly Rolls. So yes. I feel like for that type of individual who isn't necessarily into the whole thing, maybe you could just give them a night off and send them to the boardwalk for the evening. Oh, the, you're right. And there is so much there that, and it kind of spans all kinds of different interests for everyone. I know for myself, I would definitely stop at Ample Hills for the ice cream. Oh, yes. <laughs> That's <laughs> that some was of the, the best ice cream I have ever had. And we got a, uh, you can get like a flight, which is like little, it's like a little uh, container that has six mini scoops. So you can try six of the flavors and it was just so incredible. One of the best ice cream experiences I've ever had. And it's, yeah, I did a, I did a live stream from there that same trip. And it's, I, I can't tell you how many people were messaging me saying, so you're going to Ample Hills, right? Like you're going <laughs> yeah. to Ample Hills. And it's like, you have yeah, to. it's at the other end of the boardwalk. I'm going, don't worry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's bad because, you know, one of our favorite restaurants is Flying Fish, which is also right there at the boardwalk. And they usually have really great desserts. It's one of our favorite restaurants for desserts. But really? Yeah. It's, I've it's never hard. eaten there. You've never, oh, so that's another one. But you do need to be a seafood person. They do have some really great non-seafood things. But to me, it's like the real feature there is, you know, the sort of fresh local fish. The menu changes every day based on what they get. And it's also a really great restaurant as far as if you're splitting appetizers, then they'll tell the kitchen and they will like bring it out in two separate plates for you, beautifully plated still. So they're very good with, you know, sort of trying a bunch of different things. It's one of those great restaurants to go and just get eight different appetizers. Oh, wow. I'm going to have to, I have to add that to my list to do. Um, even though I'm not a big seafood person, my sister is. So there yeah, I think, yeah, I think we're going to have to go and try that one too. We find it's a good late night dining spot because of location, you know, you can watch the fireworks at Epcot or at Hollywood studios and then just head over to the boardwalk. You can walk there or take a boat. And, uh, they're usually, they usually take reservations till about nine thirty, nine forty-five. So, you know, if you, let's say you watch Epcot forever at nine, you can make that reservation for nine forty-five, and you're all good. Yeah, that's a perfect idea. Okay, Aiden, what's number three on your list? So my number three, speaking of Epcot, is La Cava del Tequila, which is located in the Mexico Pavilion. This is another one I haven't been in. Uh, and it's not a very easy one to get in. It's a really small location. It only seats about, I'd say, 30 or so people. And it's just a little... It literally means the tequila cave and you go in and it feels almost like a cave or like a cellar or something. Uh, there are only a few tables. And if you go during peak time, you are going to be waiting quite a bit for your table, unfortunately. So you want to make sure to go at off hours if you're going to be going here. So either I'd say earlier in the day, like when 
uh, uh, when World Showcase first opens, let's say around 11 to noon. Hey, it might be a bit early, but you're on vacation. You're on vacation. Uh, <laughs> and, and that way you can get a seat. And it's definitely one of those places where you'll get in and within five minutes, you'll forget that you're in a theme park because it really doesn't feel like it. It feels like you've been transported to a completely different place somewhere in Mexico. It's got such immersive theming. What they do here really well is tequila-based drinks. They have a huge tequila menu, probably about 200 or so tequilas, some of them sort of low to mid-range, and some of them the extreme uh, upper high-end tequilas that are going to cost you quite a bit. You could have tequila flights if you just want to taste them on their own, or they make some really lovely margaritas. Now, these aren't the ones that you might be used to at chain restaurants. They're not sort of the fluffy, ice-blended kind. They're more sort of the handshake on the rocks margaritas. Uh, but their menu is really lovely. Uh, my favorite one is the cucumber margarita. My wife loves the avocado margarita and the horchata margarita. We've had the, the there's, I believe, a jalapeno one that's really good, and a blood orange one that's great and they handcraft all the ingredients themselves so like one of the ones that we really like uh, has caramelized pineapple juice so they'll literally like caramelize some fresh pieces of pineapple and then they'll blend them and then strain them so wow. if this sort of thing interests you i recommend checking them out on social media they have a great social media presence check them out on facebook and instagram they'll show you the sorts of drinks that they make uh sometimes on twitter they'll just tweet out like hey is anyone here right now and so i guess if you happen to be in the restaurant at the moment when they tweet that then something happens i don't know what uh, i would love <laughs> to find out if anyone knows uh so this is definitely one of those places that i would recommend now one little tip is i did mention that you do have to wait quite a bit but you can get your drink to go so if you walk right up to the bar and you just let the host know as you're as you're walking in that you're getting it to go uh, you can wait in a much, much shorter line and they will make any drink off the menu for you. Put it in a plastic cup and that way you can just walk out with it and walk around the World Showcase with your fancy margarita. Wow, that sounds really great. I mean, it's not, it's obviously not the margaritas that you get outside. It's not. And those ones have really, uh, They've gotten a lot better in the past few years, I find. They're trying to bring what they do really well in La Cava del Tequila out to the ones outdoors. But I would definitely say that the ones indoors, they're a little bit pricier. And you can tell why when you have it. You know, you can tell that right. this is like a real nice handcrafted cocktail. Well, it sounds so, it sounds yummy though, like a cucumber one. Um, I think for mine, I'm going to take a different spin. So something that's completely different that uh, I like to do with people that aren't so, you know, very Disney when we're on, on vacation is to head over to Fort Wilderness and visit the horses. I've never been to Fort Wilderness. Oh my gosh, it is so much fun. You know, we've, we've been to Fort Wilderness, we've eaten over there, all that kind of stuff. But it was only a few years ago that we said, you know, let's go over and visit the horses. And they have the whole barn and you can go in. And, you know, one of my favorite parts of Mickey's Not So Scary is the Headless Horseman at the beginning of that parade. Yeah, when, me too. Right? When you see that horse coming down Main Street and you know that rider can't see a thing. This is all the horse doing it on his own. And it's, it's a gigantic, beautiful horse. So when you go over to Fort Wilderness, you can see Khan the the horse oh wow and yeah so they all have each of the horses have um they have a nameplate and they tell you where they where they perform or where they work on property and we were over there one day and we got to see them you know bathing them and and brushing them down and and they had some little ponies that were you know for cinderella's carriage and it was just so much fun to see all of these animals and see how well they're taking care of and you can ask 
the attendants, all sorts of questions. They'll tell you anything you want to know. And they have this little room where they, they show you all of the, the connections to horses that Walt had and some of the history of the horses on property. And it's really, it's definitely something you want to do. It's no charge. It's, it's just part of Fort Wilderness and it's, it's fun. Yeah, that's, that'd be a great place to send like an animal lover who, you know, maybe isn't as into the rides and things like that. Yeah, yeah, it's wow. a great place. So definitely next time you're there, you got to go check that one out. I would love to check out Fort Wilderness. <laughs> okay, so what is number four on your list? So number four for me is at Disney's Polynesian Village Resort and it's Trader Sam's Grog Grotto. Oh, it's so much fun. <laughs> this is one of the, I think maybe the coolest place in all of Walt Disney World. There's just something like they 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 really put a lot of work into the details. So mm -hmm. for anyone who hasn't been there, uh, some people refer to this as an enchanted tiki bar. So we all know about the enchanted tiki room attraction. Uh, and so take that concept and put it instead into a tiki bar. Now, tiki bars are getting really popular again these days. It's sort of that kind of uh, French Polynesian, South Pacific kind of theme. And uh, but what's so interesting about this one, again, it's like Cava del Tequila, it's a very small room. So uh, you do want to avoid the peak hours. You wanna either go right when it first opens, or maybe I'd say 90 minutes before it closes. Otherwise you're gonna be waiting outside for quite a while with a pager and that's okay as well. Uh, but that's my tip if you don't wanna wait. And so you'll go in and it's another one of those where it's like you're indoors, but it almost feels like you're in like a hut or a shack somewhere on an island. And there's like a window, but it's a fake window, but it looks real. You know, you can see there's like a little palm tree out there and a beach and the sun's out and it's, it's a beautiful place. And you'll sit down and they'll bring you this menu and the menu is filled with such cool drinks. Yes. Uh, you know, all with like 14 different ingredients and like, you know, freshly ground nutmeg and like, you know, some of them are flaming and some of them are clearly made for like two or three people because like, you know, it'll come in a big glass that looks like the Nautilus, the old ride vehicle from the 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea ride. And uh, there's like three spots where the straws are coming out of. Uh, but the coolest thing is certain things that you order will make things happen in the uh, the room. Has this happened to you, Francine? Oh my goodness, yes. <laughs> yes, it has. I was there once on a solo trip right after it first opened. Yeah. And I, I made my way over to the bar and sat at the bar by myself and didn't know that, that, that those things happen. And I, <laughs> I ordered one of those drinks and I was by myself. So yes, continue your story. You can imagine me sitting at the bar by myself. <laughs> so one of my favorite ones to tell people to order is the Dark and Stormy. So the Dark and Stormy is a drink that's, I believe, based with rum and uh, ginger beer and a few other ingredients. But after you order it, you'll notice that like all of a sudden the room has gotten a little bit darker and then you'll look out the window and what used to be like a sunny sort of landscape is now cloudy and like the storm clouds have started to roll in and then you'll feel like the wind starting to pick up somehow like I don't see any fans but all of a sudden <laughs> you'll feel the wind pick up there are all these like sort of uh cloths hanging and you'll you'll see that they're moving from the wind as well and then you'll hear the thunder and you'll see the lightning and then the bartender will take out this like storm alarm like you know they'll start like cranking it and then you'll realize oh no this all happened because i ordered the dark and stormy and then they'll bring you your drink 
so that's just one of them. And there's like, I want to say maybe at least five or six different drinks where things like that happen. Not necessarily all of them. So if you want something like that to happen, make sure you ask your server uh, which drinks that they'd recommend. Yes. One of the really fun things that we noticed is there was a couple sitting at the bar. We were at one of sort of the, the tables further away from the bar. But we noticed that uh, over like the half hour or so that we were watching them, the guy, his bar stool seemed to be getting lower while the girl's bar stool was getting higher. But it happened so slowly that they didn't notice it. And then, like, we caught the moment when they realized, like, suddenly she's looking down at him as they're speaking, and it was so funny. You're kidding. Yeah, and I'm sure it's something that, like, the bartender controls. Like, they probably just push a button and it happens. But, you know, it's one of those things where it's, like, you can send someone there and not tell them anything and they'll be pleasantly surprised. Or you can say, hey, you have to go to this place because this and this and this will happen and they'll get even more excited. So you can really go either way with this one. Oh, yeah. This place is really something to see. And let me tell you, so I didn't order that dark and stormy. It was a different, (laughs) it was a different drink. And I can't even remember which one it is now, but big souvenir mug. And I had no idea. So I just, I'm like, oh, this one looks good. And I ordered it. And of course the bar was packed. I'm at the bar by myself. And, you know, all of a sudden bells are ringing and (laughs) the lights are flashing. And I'm thinking, oh, like, you know, here I was, I thought I was just, you know, being solo, you know, but yeah, it it was fun. I had a great time, even though I was by myself. For sure. And and this is another one of those places like Jock Lindsay's where the drink does cost a few more dollars by default because they assume you're going to want to keep that souvenir cup or you can just order without the cup and save the money. Yes. And even sometimes when it's really busy, though, um, I love that patio outside. It's a great place to sit. You know, people who have been staying at Polynesian Village for years have been so lucky because it's such a nice resort to begin with. But this place only opened like five years ago. So to get that on top of everything else that you get at Polynesian Village, this makes it such a great destination for everyone, especially that person who might not be into the Disney thing. Because once you walk into that resort, there aren't a bunch of big Disney icons everywhere. You really feel like you've been transported somewhere else. That's so true. And, you know, that kind of goes along the lines with my next one, which is over at the Grand Floridian. I love afternoon tea over there. Oh, what a good idea. It's such a great place to, to, to go in the afternoon, and it's a full afternoon tea service. They have different packages um, depending on what you want, and you get, you know, your big full cup, of, like pot of tea, and it's, it's proper tea. And, you know, you get sandwiches and scones and, oh, my gosh, the dessert is unbelievable. And, you know, when you first sit down and look at this menu and we kept we kept thinking, oh, well, that doesn't look like much like, you know, the little tiny finger sandwiches. But I can tell you that we are stuffed when we leave. It's we like to go at lunchtime because and we don't eat lunch because there is so much food. But their strawberries and cream. Oh, my goodness. They are so good. Everything about it is such a great experience. And it's such a unique thing because, you know, there really isn't anywhere else on property that you can do that sort of thing in that degree. Yeah. And it's also one of those things where, like, I think a lot of us, either we don't have anything like that near home or maybe we do, but we don't know about it. Or maybe it's just like, you know, like for you and I living in Toronto, I know I could go to a couple of downtown hotels, but that's going to be such a hassle for us to do. You know, you find parking or take transit. So it's such a nice opportunity to do something like that. Yeah. And, you know, the big, the big windows and you're looking over the grounds of the Grand Floridian, like, it's just perfect. It's beautiful. 
it's we've done it now i think i feel like we've done it four or five times uh wow. yeah because it really is such a great experience it's something that you should you should try if you get a chance and you have an afternoon and you can get a reservation it's well worth it well worth it now i think there's also like a princess tea if you want to bring kids is that true that yes yes okay. there's a separate princess tea uh if you want to bring kids as well okay that's great yeah that yeah. sounds like a really nice experience and that's one one of those multi-generational things that i think will appeal to more than one person absolutely but i think you know if you just wanted a kind of quiet relaxing like i almost think sometimes on a solo trip i'd love to do this solo where right. you know i just bring a good book and yes. go and sit and enjoy my tea and my snacks like my little afternoon sandwiches like it would be perfect that sounds really nice yeah so that's a good one okay so now sure. the last one on your list Aiden what do you okay got? so my last one is all about indulgence about sort of taking that person who was such a good sport and treating them really special for one night and for me that doesn't mean spas or anything like that it is food related and it's going to California Grill oh that's a good one <laughs> you know i i sometimes have clients who these are my favorite clients the ones who've never been before they can't really be bothered to do any of the planning they just say you know what just plan what you think we should do i just had one of these this week and they said we want to do a date night we don't want to take time researching anything you just tell us where to go and i said okay well you know you can go to california grill you can go to flying fish you can go to yachtsman you know you can go to hollywood brown derby you can go to tiffin's they said no no you pick for us i go okay well then for sure you're gonna go to the california grill i didn't even <laughs> have to think about it like for me that is the quintessential signature dining experience of walt disney world now i haven't been to victoria and albert's uh, i feel like that's on a completely different price range yeah and uh, so i'm not not including that in here, but I think that between this incredible view that you get and the food and the level of service, I just don't think anything really has matched it for me. I would, I would tend to agree. I think this is one of the most special experiences uh, for dining at Walt Disney World. I would recommend if you're going to be watching the fireworks there, instead of watching it from the table, which is nice, I would recommend uh, watching it from one of the viewing platforms. Have you ever done that? Oh, yes. there. It, it's so great to be out there because you're really, really close to them, I feel like, even though you know you're not, but yes. you are. It's such a unique view, too. And for me, this goes back to that person who didn't necessarily want to come there. Uh, maybe they didn't want to be around the big crowds during the fireworks. Maybe they didn't want to watch them from Main Street. But still, let's face it, everyone loves fireworks. And I love yes. the fact that they pump in the soundtrack in both the restaurant itself and on the viewing platform. So you get the full experience where the fireworks are synchronized to what you're listening to. And so I think that this is a perfect recommendation for that person where it's like they get to see the fireworks, but in a much more comfortable, intimate setting. Yes. Yeah, it's such a great place. That's a good one. I, I think my last one, uh, a little different, I'm going back to Disney Springs, but I feel like some of the people who are not maybe Disney people, like you said before with uh, Indiana Jones, some of them may be Star Wars fans. And the void at Disney Springs is such an amazing experience. I would love to do the void. I've heard nothing but great things about that. It is an incredible experience. Now I've done both. I, I actually talked about this with Carrie when we were talking about shopping at Disney Springs, but the void, they have the star Wars and right now they also have the Ralph breaks the internet and I've done both, 
but I can tell you that the Star Wars one felt much more, um, it, it really <laughs> sounds silly to say, but real. Like I really felt like I was there. I was shooting a gun. I was, you know, I had the lightsaber, like I, all of that. It just felt very real to me. Um, and I've done it with the friends that we take that are, are not big Disney people. And they thought it was absolutely incredible. So it was, it was a great opportunity to take people to experience something different that wasn't an attraction, but was so immersive. That's so neat. I, I, I used to do, uh, I used to do virtual reality at the CN Tower back in the 90s. They used to yes. have like a little arcade there. And it was so cheesy. I loved it. But it was like, you know, like these big polygons and like, you don't really know what you're doing. So it's so incredible to see what the top of the line current technologies like and what's so cool about the void is like you said with the record ralph thing they can switch it you know like i know that there's a void experience that's right now touring canada that's like an avengers themed one even like this whole episode that we've been talking in it feels like there is so much more than the traditional mickey and minnie that that so many families when they're planning their vacation there are ways to make sure that everybody has a great time even if they're not quite the same as us on the same level as sort of the Disney fans. Yeah. And and I think that's important because I think, you know, we're talking, there, there are a lot of people who go because they're bringing the kids, because they think it's important to bring the kids. They're at that magic age between say five and nine where it's like, oh, I know this is the year I should bring them. But I think it's important that they have a good time too. It is their vacation too. Absolutely. And, you know, for people like you and I as well, like we're, we vacation without children and there's plenty for us to do there as well. There definitely is. I know when my wife and I went on our honeymoon, we thought like, hey, you know, we'll go and we'll do a bunch of nostalgic things and we'll ride on Peter Pan's flight and we'll have a good time. And we were really taken aback as to how many things were created specifically with adults in mind. Like you yes. can't go to California Grill or La Cava del Tequila and think, oh, okay, they made these for kids and the adults <laughs> will enjoy it too, like a Pixar movie. No, this isn't that. This was clearly made specifically for the adults. They're not gonna turn away people who have kids with them, but you can tell that this experience was made for us. Yes. See, now Aiden, we're gonna have to do a whole other podcast on what things are specific for Disney adults. That's, That's like a whole like. other, see, there's another whole other episode. Yeah, I already have a few flowing in the back of my head. Awesome. Well, Aiden, I can't thank you enough for being on the podcast today with me. This has been so much fun to talk to you. Now, you need to tell me, so, you know, at the end of every podcast, uh, I ask my guests for something that brought you a little bit of joy, happiness, pixie dust this week. And I'd love to hear what yours is. Oh, boy. So like doing this podcast, I've been thinking about this since the first time I listened to your first episode about <laughs> what I would talk about, because I think I'm like you and that I'm someone who always looks for things that bring me joy. You know, I, I try to listen to a lot of Disney podcasts or watch YouTube videos or listen to, you know, Disney background music and things like that. So uh, I thought of something that brings me joy every week, and it's a Amazon original program called The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Have you seen the show, Francine? No, I haven't. This is maybe my favorite show on TV. It's 
Uh, it takes place in the 1950s. So when we were talking about sort of that mid-century modern Mad Men kind of aesthetic, it has a lot of that. And it has, you know, a great soundtrack and you really feel like you're transported to that era. And it's about a young woman. I want to say she's in her mid-20s and her marriage is sort of falling apart. But she's really funny and quick and clever. And she gets into the stand-up comedy scene. And this is back when, of course, it's very difficult for a woman to make it as a stand-up comic. Uh, and it's just so funny, all the scenes when she goes up and performs. And you know, it, it takes place in real places, but with a lot of fictional characters, but they'll also once in a while throw in some real people too, some historical figures. So like the famous stand-up comic Lenny Bruce becomes one of her very good friends in the show. It's one of those shows, it's an hour long, uh, but it feels like a half hour comedy. It moves very fast and there are a lot of really funny things that happen throughout it. And it's one of those shows where every episode at some point I will laugh out loud and then at another point there will be like tears streaming down my face because something so moving has happened. <laughs> and you know, the episode ends and the credits come on and my wife and I, we just like, we'll just like watch it without saying anything because we're so, you know, we're so moved by what we just saw. So we watched the first season and then the second season was going to come out. So we rewatched the first season and then we watched the second season. My mom lives overseas. And so she'll usually visit us for a few weeks each year. And we're always looking for, okay, what are we going to show my mom when she's here this year? You know, one year we showed her Downton Abbey. And then uh, one year we showed her Mr. Selfridge. We're like, okay, this year we're going to show her Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. And she loved it as well. You know, she like, we binge watched it for the third time with her. And there are certain episodes, like there's like a three episode arc where the family goes to the Catskills Mountains. And there's like a two episode arc where they go to Paris. And those are episodes that like, sometimes I'll just put them on and watch them like without any other context. I'm not watching them in a row or anything like that. I'm not watching them in order. Just those episodes make me so happy that I'll just watch them on their own. I cannot recommend the show enough. Oh, wow. I am going to have to go check that out. Yeah, I think you'd really enjoy it. I feel like it's something that would kind of be up your alley. Oh, I'm going to have to check that one out for sure. I think it's so, and my, it's funny because we didn't talk about this uh, <laughs> before the episode. So I didn't know what it was. But mine is a TV show too. Oh. Um, but I think, so I have loved this TV show since I was a kid. Okay. And I was flipping channels the other night and I just sort of found it. You know how sometimes those channels have like the old shows on and they just keep replaying them. They start from the beginning and they go through. Yes. Now, my favorite show of all time is Three's Company. Wow. <laughs> and, you know, there's, there's probably, I love every episode. And in fact, sometimes when the show starts, I can tell what it's about just by what they're wearing. Oh, like, that's, that's, that's how many episodes, like I've, how many times I've seen the same episodes. But the other night I was flipping the channels and, you know, it was just, it was the end of a bad day and I just wanted to zone out. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you start flipping channels and it was the episode where Chrissy falls and hits her head in the bathtub. Yeah, And I, I don't know if you remember this one, but, this, so. you know, watching TV by yourself, people say, you know, oh, it's funny, but yeah. I, I've seen this episode, I can't tell you 50 times. Oh. And I was laughing like belly laughing oh. uh, when she's talking to the doctor and she's got him laughing and then he leaves the room. And of course, Janet and Chrissy are standing outside the hospital room and the doctor says she's, she's could go anytime. Yeah. And he's going to miss her. And of okay. course they think she's dying. Yeah. I can't tell like this was same thing. Tears streaming down my face. Oh. I was howling by myself. 
And, you know, I just feel like you, we really, we don't spend enough time recognizing how good a giggle fit really is. Oh yeah. Um, and this just, oh, it made me laugh so hard. And so now that I've seen that it's on this channel, uh, again, I'm going to have to start recording the episodes just oh, so that I can, good. you know, there's a few, there's a handful that really stick out in my mind. Yeah. Um, and that one with Chrissy and the doctor and yeah, it's just, it's so fun. You know, there, there are so many funny shows out there, but only like a small percentage of them for me make me actually laugh out loud, you know? Yeah. And so when you find those shows, you'll just want to keep going back to them again and again. Yeah. And even though you watch them again and again, they just, they're still just so funny. <laughs> so here's an important question. Do you prefer the Ropers or Mr. Furley? Oh, that's such a hard one. I was, you know, I loved the Ropers, but Furley just made me laugh. Yeah. What about you? I think I like the Ropers better. I think it was, for me, it was one of those things where, like, I got used to them. And then after yes. that, I was like, oh, it's different now. Right. And, you know, I was so sad for them because the, it was such a great show. Three's Company yep. was such a hit mm -hmm. that they talked them into doing that spinoff. Yeah. And the spinoff didn't go. Did you ever see any episodes of that? Their spinoff? Yeah. yeah. I watched their episodes and it just, you know what? It wasn't funny. Oh, that's It just, it, it kind of fell flat. Yeah. Like the Ropers kind of lost something when they weren't there with the kids, like with oh, Janet and Jack and Chrissy. So, um, and they had Jeffrey Tambora was played their next door neighbor. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, it was pretty cool. But, it, you know, it just the, the comedy just didn't work. Okay. And it was sad because then they couldn't kind of come back and, you know, Furley came in and it, you know, I, I felt bad that that spinoff just didn't do better than it, than it just, yeah, it just kind of fell flat. Yeah. Yeah. But I, if you, did you ever see that show, the eight simple rules for dating my teenage daughter? Yeah. With John Ritter. Yeah. 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 So they did an episode uh, in that where he had a nightmare about his daughters moving in with this boy. Oh no. Did you ever see that? <laughs> no, that's so funny. <laughs> oh my gosh. Go and Google this. So it's okay. an episode where he's having a nightmare about his two daughters moving in with some boy. <laughs> and of course it's set in that apartment. Oh, that's so funny. And he's in, when he wakes up, he's like, oh, what a nightmare. And he turns over and it's Furley. <gasps> oh no, that's so funny. Oh my God. It's fantastic. Oh. You gotta go, like go Google it. You'll, okay. you'll love, you know, there you go. There's my pick, oh. my extra pixie dust for all of you is to go Google that episode. It perfect. was absolutely perfect. Oh wow. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> well, thank you again so much, Aiden. Now let's, so for everybody that's looking for you online, you're on yeah. Facebook at Aiden at Pure Magic Vacations. And remember it's A-Y-D-I-N. That's right. And you have Aiden at puremagicvacations.ca. CA, yeah, that's the website. And you can also just search for me, Aiden at Pure Magic Vacations on Instagram and Twitter. Awesome. You have been so much fun to talk to, Aiden. And we're going to have to do this again, I hope. I would sure love to do it again. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Aiden. And everybody go find Aiden on, online. Thanks, friend. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Pixie Dust Fan Podcast. If you haven't had a chance yet, I'd really appreciate if you could rate and review on whatever platform you're listening on. This tells the Google and Apples of the world that maybe they should recommend me to other people looking for a good podcast. I hope you've subscribed so that next Wednesday you get another episode in your podcast player. Till next time, remember that you are never too old to be young chase your dreams, and design your own happily ever after.